When will hip hop be 30 years from now? I guess I should keep studying my peers for now. Should I make a dance and snap thumbs? Fast hi-hats, 808 back drums. Are we selling our souls for 32 pieces of gold? If it's lacking in soul, how can it remain whole? We make music for stripper poles, but no music to think. That's the short-term money that we put in the bank. But the drama's going backwards. I see devolution instead of evolution. This is soul prostitution. The children are fumbling. Even got the elders in carriage and mumbling. Watching them stumbling. Day after day is so humbling. Meanwhile, our stock has been plummeting. And they telling me I need to sound like these other niggas. Grown ass men trying to sound like the younger niggas used to have balance. Back in the days, we had talent. Trying to be original was the challenge. Now all these niggas sound the same, and all the beats pound the same. Same cadence, same drums, and all that shit sounded lame. 20 niggas trying to sound like Future, and I love rocking Future, but that style is for Future. Think you niggas need a different producer. Hope that bullshit crash your computer. Ain't nothing cool about being a loser. Brothers and sisters, you are tuned into another episode of the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast. I am your host, Brother Eric. As always, it is a pleasure to be back and in the studio with you again. I want to take the time out, as I always do, to thank all of you brothers and sisters that support the Gospel of Malcolm X podcast, that go to YouTube and Instagram and follow and send me messages. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Barcopa. So that's uh, the at symbol, T-H-E-B-A-R-K-O-C-H-B-A. And definitely go over and follow me on Instagram. I do post stuff a lot, a lot of times there. And uh, also you can link into some of uh, our other shows. Um, so before I get into today's topic, I'm going to send a uh, shout out to Barbershop Conversations, the brother Fred. Uh, go and check out. Uh, his two movies, Nine Wives, and uh, his newer movie, Checks and Balances. Excellent movie. I absolutely love uh, the Checks and Balances movie. And uh, they're blowing up on the uh, short film circuit. Uh, Brother Fred sent me this video, and it uh, it came to my attention. And it's the reason for today's uh, topic. And uh, it's, today we're going to be discussing why... Tariq Nasheed hates Malcolm X. So I'm going to jump right into the video uh, in question. And then uh, I have some other videos coming up shortly. Back house, I think a bad life is better than, <laughs> than no life. Hey, hey, some, of, hey, some of the most stellar people grew up in harsh environments. Yeah, come man, on, you know, I brother Malcolm X kind of we had a harsh growing up, you know. So, yeah, oh, you know, a lot of our people have those environments. I wanted to ask you, yeah, you know, because there's always been like this big debate, right? Yeah, on who philosophy was better for black folks, Malcolm X philosophy. In terms of coming headstrong, well, I do know Malcolm kind of like changed, like changed, you know, like um, like towards his later end of his life, right? He mm -hmm. kind of like got the more peaceful route. But who do you think is more important to to like black civilization, Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? Um, I would have to skip over Malcolm and yeah. give it to Elijah Muhammad because Malcolm mm. was a student of Elijah Muhammad, gotcha. and Elijah Muhammad ran the most successful black organization really to this day yeah. they've been around long they've been pretty much successful they've still been intact and his program has been the most viable um pertinent 
um, organization that we've seen yeah. with black men being respectful, black men being thorough, black people eating right, black people growing their food, owning businesses. We, we, Elijah Muhammad is a really a big unsung hero that we don't talk enough about, and white society doesn't want to promote that. Mm-hmm. You, you understand? So that's an unsung hero. Okay. So I wouldn't necessarily call Elijah unsung, um, but I want to respond to some of what was said here. So we're talking about successful organizations. Number one, he was asked about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And he says that he's going to skip over Malcolm X because he's a student of Elijah Muhammad. And then he goes and says pretty much um, that Elijah Muhammad and Nation of Islam is the most successful organization and pertinent that black people have ever had, essentially, at least in the modern context. So first of all, I'll address the teacher and the student thing. Students are essentially supposed to grow and become greater than their teacher. So just become because someone uh, is a student of someone doesn't mean that they stay in the student role for life. And this is kind of the, the cult thing. It's like in the cult uh, philosophy, once you're someone's student, you're always their student for life and you can never ask your teacher or any questions, etc. Where if you look in the professional world, um, let's say, um, I don't know, someone goes to medical school. They had a teacher in medical school. But eventually that person graduates from medical school, they go on to become a doctor. You know, you're thankful for your teachers, but you obviously move on and advance and uh, it seems to me that Malcolm, in his way of thinking, and uh, even what he began to teach once he left the nation, the way he began to see the world and internationalize the so-called uh, black man struggle, internationalize the African struggle, the black struggle, uh, he became even more of a threat once he began to ash- internationalize the struggle. But there is a commonality here and the and a reason why um, Tariq Nasheed would send a swipe at Malcolm and praise Elijah Muhammad, a cult leader. Uh, number one, it seems to be a consistent pattern with Tariq Nasheed in terms of uh, the praise of cult leaders. And we're going to uh, mention two other cult leaders that Tariq Nasheed has either praised and uh, or is associated with or failed to critique. And they those are going to be Yahweh Ben Yahweh down in Miami and Brother Polite, who he's had association with and association with and does not critique. Um, as a matter of fact, you're going to see if you go on YouTube, I won't play it here. There is a pretty long interview with Brother Polite and Tariq Nasheed, and they're very cozy, cozy. And buddy, buddy. And also, I uh, know that you know that uh, recently Brother Polite was brought up on uh, rape charges and there was DNA evidence involved in everything. And I'm not even expecting Tariq Nasheed to uh, condemn Brother Polite, et cetera, as uh, he hasn't been convicted of a crime uh, involving rape as of yet. Um, however, um, he didn't even mention that, uh, mention it at all. If it was, you know, this was pretty big news on the Internet. 
And Brother Polite just didn't even speak on it at all. Uh, and that is probably because his cozy, cozy, buddy, buddy relationship uh, with um, Tariq Nasheed and Brother Polite, both being out in L.A. And I think both having similar objectives to get money and have financial success off of this black circuit is kind of a, a racket thing. And these people that uh, Tariq Nasheed is looking up to have made a lot of money off of uh, our people. I won't say he looks up to Brother Polite, but there is at least some association and some affiliation uh, there. But definitely you can tell uh, that he looks up to Elijah Muhammad and he looks up to Yahweh Ben Yahweh. And we're about to play a clip shortly about the Yahweh Ben Yahweh thing. The other thing I want to address as well is I feel that it's important in understanding uh, the human struggle that we that we've had here as a people is that the Black Panthers is the greatest organization that uh, black people have ever produced and is the greatest black organization of the 20th century, um, at, at least in America. And they were inspired by Malcolm X. They kind of see Malcolm X as like their um, founding godfather, so to speak. They were founded the year after Malcolm, Malcolm X's assassination. Uh, and these were young people that were policing the community, something that the Nation of Islam has never done. Uh, they had acupuncture programs. They had uh, breakfast programs, uh, breakfast and lunch programs for free. They had um, an ambulance service that they provided and health care for people that could not afford health care. Uh, the Black Panthers did have a newspaper, but their newspaper wasn't just to generate money for Elijah Muhammad and the royal family and these leaders so that they could ride around with fur coats and have expensive dogs and drive Cadillacs and live in million dollar mansions and live high off the hog. The Black Panthers money was pulled into these resources so that they could afford a breakfast program so that they could afford to provide people with medical services and healthcare services. Uh, their breakfast program was seen in the F in the FBI documents as a threat. The fact that they were feeding people who did not have access to a healthy breakfast and a healthy lunch. This was seen as a revolutionary act. Matulu Shakur, the stepfather of the legendary hip hop MC to uh, Tupac Shakur, Matulu Shakur has a uh, third stage three bone cancer. He's currently uh, in the process of transitioning to become an ancestor. This man was supposed to be released in 2016, but because of his history, uh, participating in the freeing of a woman like Asada Shakur from prison and helping her escape to Cuba, the, the Nation of Islam doesn't have such a resume under its belt. The Black Panther Party not only fed the people and served the people, they actually fought against a white man in armed conflict and in revolutionary conflict in terms of their materials that they put out into to aspire our people. The Nation of Islam is not on that level. They are a religious organization. They made sure they never took the steps to become political. As soon as Malcolm X tried to become political, he was ousted out of the organization. Um, when Khalid Muhammad, he got too radical. He was ousted out of the organization. There's a brother who I know 
in Baltimore named Darren Muhammad, who um, basically is not all the way in or on the outs with the nation because I guess he felt that his um, his political stances that he was take taking was bringing him into conflict with the brothers and sisters that were um, running the mosque. So the Nation of Islam, while it may be a cool organization um, in terms of eating and, and things like that, uh, it's not a revolutionary organization. They never took the chances that the Black Panther Party took. Malcolm tried to get them to take those chances. However, in order to take those chances, you have to be willing to sacrifice million dollar homes and fancy suits and Cadillacs. And you have to be willing to sacrifice those things that their leadership um, hasn't done. What nation of Islam leader has ever been the prison for revolutionary activity? Because there's a slew of Black Panther leaders that were imprisoned and some are still in prison for revolutionary activity. Asada Shakur had to escape the country for a, a political revolutionary activity. Eddie Conway, Afeni Shakur, a part of the Panther 21. Um, and that was 21 Panthers right there in that sweep that were um, falsely accused and, and were behind bars for revolutionary activity. And they were falsely accused. They don't have that resume. Louis Farrakhan does not have that resume. No one ever affiliated um, with the Nation of Islam besides uh, Malcolm X and a Darren Muhammad and a Khalid Muhammad have resumes that are on par with the um, with the brothers and sisters that uh, we we mentioned in coming out of the Black Panther Party. The Black Panther Party is on a whole nother level. But Tariq Nasheed would see value in a nation of Islam over a Black Panther Party because you can talk the talk without having to walk the walk. You can get the money without having to make the sacrifices because that's what's going on now. We see that uh, he collected over a million dollars. He asked for a million. Black people gave him over a million. And maybe there's something in the works, but I still don't see a museum yet. So where what's being done with the money? The museum was supposed there was no excuses before the money was collected. Right. He knew the real estate market out in L.A. before the money was collected. Now, all of a sudden, the money is collected and there's a there's excuses. And um, there's another video coming coming shortly that I'm going to play after this that addresses another reason uh, why he would um, try to take a side swipe at uh, Malcolm X. So I'm going to play a clip. And I just want to say, and leading up to this, uh, this clip that I'm about to play, he's talking about, or he has other people talking about basically victimology, how people get rich and the white man don't want to see you get wealthy and all of this other kind of, uh, basically victimology, because this is what attracts people to donate because this is how you create a cult following. Because it appears to me, and this could be a harsh assessment, um, that Tariq has been able to create a cult following without creating the cult organization. So if you question anything in front of the people that follow him, he got people that'll jump on you about jump about all of this foundational black American crap. And I'm not going to get into 
foundational black American versus Eidos versus whatever. All I can, all I can say, uh, I guess I am going to be in the, I am going to end up getting into it is that most of these cults try to give you a, a different identity. They try to give you an identity. So when we talk about noble Jali with the Moors to have you identify as Moorish with the nation of Islam, they say that you are the Asiatic black man. So it's always something different to disconnect you from your African roots. And we're going to talk about that uh, shortly too. Let me pull this up here. Because you're black. There was a brother down in Miami named Yahweh Ben Yahweh. Now Yahweh Ben Yahweh had a religious organization and he did a lot of stuff in the community down in Miami and quietly this brother earned and amassed almost a billion dollars worth of assets. He had hotels, he had restaurants, he had all types of businesses, apartment complexes. And the government trumped up some charges on this brother and they put him in prison and they took away a lot of his assets. And he was in a position where he was vulnerable and that's the problem. A lot of us, when we figure out a way to get our own money or stack up our own money without the help of the dominant society and we're by ourselves, we become very vulnerable. So it's very important that we have a protection mechanism in order. I don't blame nobody for doing All right. So, wanted to play that crypt that clip rather uh, so that you can hear him praising Yahweh Ben Yahweh. He talks about how he amassed over a million dollars in wealth. I mean, I'm sorry, close to a billion dollars in wealth, but he doesn't talk about all of the families that were uh, affected by this people that were murdered. Uh, there's a brother you can follow uh, named Khalil Imani. He uh, is a former member of the nation of Yahweh. And he actually testified against Yahweh Ben Yahweh in trial uh, about murders that went down. He talks about young girls that were being molested. I don't know if he testified to that uh, in the trial, but he ha he did say that Yahweh Ben Yahweh was with like 14 year old girls, which we know uh, Malcolm X talked about Elijah Muhammad and his teenage secretaries. So these are the people that, it seems that Tariq Nasheed idolizes. We have three guys here, all accused of some form of sexual misconduct. I guess it's just coincidence, big ass coincidence, all accused, uh, uh, accused of some type of misconduct, uh, bodies and cults and all kinds of stuff. These are the guys that he looks up to. But also, you know, we got a side swipe. Uh, looking up to uh, or, or sideswipe uh, the message of Malcolm to go to Elijah uh, simply because Elijah Muhammad was his teacher for the majority of his, uh, his career in the public. So the next clip I want to play is from a brother. Um, I want to shout this brother's channel out. His name is Javen Bullets. And I don't want to say the last part because I don't know how to say it, but you can find him on YouTube. And he talks about Tariq Nasheed and his uh, foundational black American shirts. And it looks like this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this video to play. 
um, he talks about Tariq Nasheed and his foundational black American shirts. And essentially what Tariq Nasheed did was he created a foundational black American shirt and he intentionally left Malcolm X off of the shirt. Not because uh, Malcolm X didn't have deep philosophy or wasn't a brother. He even, even in that clip where he's praising Elijah Muhammad, he says, our brother Malcolm X, right? He sideswipes Malcolm X and doesn't put him on the shirt. Um, because Malcolm X's mother was, I believe, from Grenada. I'm going to play another clip from this guy, Javen Bullets, and I don't know what's in it, actually. But The following program is rated TVMA. Viewer discretion is advised. I have nothing to argue with anybody about because, number one, the people who's trying to argue, they can't do shit for you anyway. Basically, just wasting your time, which is the point so that you won't be focused on getting reparations and you can get off code. We're going to stay on code and we're going to stay empowering our group, meaning foundational black Americans, black Americans who are the foundation of this country. That's the group. And that in group, that groups includes Dr. Martin Luther King and many other um, um, foundational black Americans who are prominent. You did? Because people who got a problem with American descendants of slaves, and you got a problem with Harriet Tubman, you got a problem with Malcolm X, not Malcolm, uh, with, with Martin Luther then King. Then he says not Malcolm X. So... He, he wants to praise Malcolm X because he knows that Malcolm was a thorough brother, as he said in his own words, uh, but he can't bring himself to do it because he has to stick to this foundational black American script in order to create confusion and division in our community. And that's why I believe that you have all of this ADOS and FBA. It's all about creating further confusion and division to keep us disconnected from our source. Whether we're, while we're here arguing about whether we are um, African or not, you have Europeans that are traveling to Africa every year. Some of them for nefarious reasons, participating in sex trafficking, gun trafficking and things like that. And some are just over there buying up land and resources and enjoying the continent from which we descend, we come from there. And there is an intentional, uh, an intentional thing that I see amongst these cult leaders to disconnect you from your African roots and provide you with this uh, almost mythical identity that a lot of it is rooted in myth. I'm not saying that there weren't any black people here in America, this planet is ours originally. So there's been black people all around the world that have traveled to a lot of different places. However, that doesn't mean that we don't have a root and a connection uh, to Africa. And I believe that that uh, they don't want us reconnecting. Some force doesn't want us reconnecting with uh, that source. 
Are there issues with modern Africans? Absolutely. Are there issues um, with us understanding each other's cultures, which have changed over um, the course of history? Because they aren't even connected. The modern Africans, especially the ones that make it over here, many of them are not even connected um, with their roots. I mean, there's the book that talks about how things fall apart. They became victims of colonization. They were colonized in their own land. And a lot of them are victims of that in their thinking and don't even know it. They, ha they haven't seen a lot of uh, revolutionary activity really since the 60s, where you have this radical anti-white African thought. Um, shout out to the brothers like Thomas Sankara and the Mau Mau movement, which Malcolm also praised. Um, so the last thing I want to read before I begin to wrap up, I'm reading this for two for two purposes. Um, I want to show that Malcolm was a was a sincere brother, and he did not leave the nation of Islam with the intentions of just destroying the nation of Islam. He left and wanted there to be peace between himself and the nation of Islam, and he described. Uh, how he was forced out of the nation of Islam. Um, let me see if I can find this article. This is from the FBI, uh, Malcolm's FBI file. So it talks about how that Malcolm said that he was leaving the nation of Islam and then it reads Malcolm's statement once he left. So March 9th, 1964, the edition of the New York Times on page one contained an article which reflected that on March 8th, 1964, Malcolm X announced that he had broken with Elijah Muhammad, Nation of Islam. The break was the result of his continued suspension from the Nation of Islam, and he indicated that he would organize a politically oriented black nationalist party. And mind you, these words right here, black nationalist party, we would come to see the year after Malcolm's assassination, the Black Panther Party form. And I think that Malcolm's intentions here just just bled over and like i said many of them looked to him as like the head of the 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 godfather of the movement in a sense even though he was no longer around physically malcolm x opened his press conference by reading a telegram he had sent to elijah muhammad on march 11th 1964 in this telegram he indicated that he had not left the nation of islam on his own free will but he had been pressured out uh, by a conspiracy between Captain Joseph in New York and the National NOI officials, the National Nation of Islam officials at the Chicago headquarters of the Nation of Islam. So fat-ass Joseph, Captain Joseph, and Elijah Muhammad's family at headquarters, Malcolm is saying that they basically put together a conspiracy to force him out of the Nation of Islam, that he did not leave 
uh, completely of his own free will. Joseph Gravitz, on March 9th, 1964, that was the date Joseph Gravitz was the captain in charge of the Fruit of Islam, of the Nation of Islam, Mosque Number 7 in New York. And then they have a characterization of Joseph, of the FOI, rather. Malcolm X continued his press conference by reading a prepared statement, the complete text of which follows. All right. Muslim Mosque Incorporated. Because 1964, this is Malcolm speaking here, reading from the prepared statement. Because 1964 threatens to be a very explosive year on the racial front, and because I myself intend to be very active in every phase of the American Negro struggle for human rights, I have called this press conference this morning in order to clarify my own position in the struggle, especially in regards to politics and nonviolence. I wish to speak to you for 10 to 15 minutes and then open myself for questions. I am and will always be a Muslim. My religion is Islam. I still believe that Mr. Muhammad's analysis of the problem is the most realistic and that his solution is the best one. This means that I too believe the best solution is complete separation with our people going back home to our own African homeland. I have to stop right there. Uh, I'm going to, I believe I already have in the past done a reading of what Muslims want, um, which is something that they print in their uh, final call or at the time Muhammad speaks newspaper about what Muslims want. And one of the things that Muslims want was separation. And we hear Malcolm says that he believes Elijah Muhammad's analysis of the problem to be the most realistic and his solution to be the best one. This means I too believe the best solution is complete separation with our people going back home to our African homeland. So that was Malcolm's understanding of Elijah Muhammad's teaching of the complete separation, which ultimately would lead us back to Africa, um, which we don't really hear too much from the nation of Islam as a goal anymore of complete separation. We hear them praising Farrakhan and praising other leaders and praising Elijah Muhammad and worshiping a white Farad Muhammad, but we don't hear too much talk about separation to Africa or separation here or separation at all. If anything, the nation of Islam at this particular time has become more integrated. And another thing that I need to say in terms of the nation of Islam's, um, of the way he regarded nation of Islam as such a, uh, you know, the best organization, the black Panther party, those brothers were, uh, awfully oftentimes falsely accused and arrested for revolutionary activity. However, we have Riza Islam who's on trial right now for scamming and defrauding. So let's see how that trial goes. He has not been convicted as of yet, but we're going to see how the trial goes. Uh, and this is not the only person from the nation of Islam that is tied up in scamming and frauding and things like this. And, and murders of other black people. Let's not forget that. So back to Malcolm's uh, statement. But separation back to Africa is still a long-range program. And while it is yet to materialize, 22 million of our people who are still here in America need better food, clothing, housing, education, and jobs right now. 
Mr. Muhammad program does point us back homeward, but it also contains within it what we could and should be doing to help solve many of our problems while we are still here. Internal differences within the nation of Islam forced me out of it. I repeat, internal differences within the nation of Islam forced me out of it. Let me get on my, uh, what's my brother that's always repeat? My Umar Johnson. Internal differences within the nation of Islam forced me out of it. I did not leave on my own, on my own free will. But now that it has happened, I intend to make the most of it. Now that I have more independence of action, I intend to use a more flexible approach toward working with others to get a solution to this problem. I do not pretend to be a divine man. Unlike other people, I do not pretend to be a divine man, but I do believe in divine guidance, divine power, and in the fulfillment of divine prophecy. I am not educated, nor am I an expert in any particular field, but I am sincere and my sincerity are my credentials. Muslim Moss Incorporated. I am not out to fight other Negro leaders or organizations. We must find a common approach, a common solution to a common problem. As of this minute, I've forgotten everything bad that the other leaders have said about me, and I pray they can also forget the many bad things I've said about them. The problem facing our people here in America is bigger than all the other personal or organizational differences. Therefore, as leaders, we must stop worrying about the threat that we seem to think we pose to each other's personal prestige and concrete our united efforts toward solving the unending hurt that is being done daily to our people here in America. I'm going to organize and head a new Muslim mosque in New York City known as Muslim Mosque Incorporated. This gives us a religious base and the spiritual force necessary to rid our people of the vices that destroy moral fiber of that destroy the moral fiber of our community. So here we get, we, we have Malcolm saying we need this uh, spiritual base for moral reasons so that we can fight against the forces that destroy our, our moral fiber of our community. And this is what I was talking about on previous uh, episodes of the gospel of Malcolm X podcast. Having that strong morality is a, is about is a foundation for success because if you have strong morality you have strong families you have strong families you have strong communities you have strong communities you have strong cities strong states strong nation etc so that morality is a big thing and malcolm was definitely affected when he found out that elijah muhammad was unfortunately an immoral man and i even say in my song uh happy savior's day um that Elijah Muhammad could have changed the world if he if he only was was honest. He he had definitely had an impact on the world, but it could have been he could have been even greater um, had he not uh, had those moral shortcomings. He would have been more effective and less afraid uh, because of his moral shortcomings. He was very afraid of uh, you know what could what the consequences could be. So he fell in he fell in line. Okay, so I'm going to read that, reread that again. I'm going to organize and head a new Muslim mosque in New York City known as the Muslim Mosque Incorporated. This gives us a religious base and the spiritual force necessary 
to rid our people of devices that destroy the moral fiber of our community. Our political philosophy will be black nationalism. Our economic and social philosophy will be black nationalism. Our cultural emphasis will be black nationalism. Many of our people aren't religiously inclined. So the Muslim Mosque Incorporated will be organized in such a manner to provide for the active participation of all Negroes in our political, economic and social programs, despite their religious or non-religious beliefs. The political philosophy of black nationalism means we must control the politics and the politicians of our community. They must no longer take orders from outside forces. We will organize and sweep out of office all Negro politicians who are puppets for the outside forces. So this was a very, um, this is a, it's a big deal. You're talking about sweeping out the coons. Our ascent will be upon the youth. We need new ideas, new methods, new approaches. All right, just a second. I lost my place here. We will call upon our young students of political science throughout the nation to help us. We will encourage these young students to launch their own independent study and then give us their analysis and their suggestions. We are completely disenchanted with the old adult established politicians. We want to see some new faces, more militant faces. Concerning the 1964 elections, we will keep our plans on this secret until a later date. And we don't intend for our people to be the victims of a political sellout again in 1964. The Muslim Mosque Incorporated will remain wide open for ideas and financial aid from all quarters. Whites can help us, but they can't join us. There can be no black-white unity until there's first some black unity. There can be no workers' solidarity until there's first some racial solidarity. We cannot think of uniting with others until after we have first united among ourselves. We cannot think of being acceptable to others until we have first proven acceptable to ourselves. One cannot unite bananas with scattered, with scattered leaves. Concerning nonviolence, it is criminal to teach a man not to defend himself when he is the constant victim of brutal attacks. It is legal and lawful to own a shotgun or a rifle. We believe in obeying the law. In areas where our people are the constant victims of brutality and the government seems unable or unwilling to protect them, we should form rifle clubs that, that uh, can be used to defend our lives and our property in times of emergency, such as happened last year in Birmingham, Alabama. And he named some other places. And he talks about how we should be peaceful, law-abiding, but the time has come for the American Negro to fight back in self-defense Whenever and wherever he is being unjustly and unlawfully attacked. If the government thinks I'm doing wrong for saying this, then let the government start doing his job. So that was uh, Brother Malcolm's speech. You see, he didn't take any side swipes at Elijah Muhammad. He praised the program, said, hey, we can implement this. Just trying to start off, do his own thing and have a more uh, revolutionary uh, based uh, type organization, which I think the Black Panthers did an excellent job of carrying that forward. However, if I had to critique the Black Panthers, which I don't wish to do, but it is what it is, 
I would say the same thing that Afeni Shakur said, that a lot of them were, uh, that the whole organization was lacking that strong moral and spiritual foundation uh, that Malcolm talked about. So I think I covered everything that I wanted to talk about. I think it's very important, brothers and sisters, that we look up, we look at people's actions more than we listen to their words because people can say anything. There's a lot of actors, a lot of people out here that can say anything, but look at their actions. Somebody uh, says they ask for your money, says they're going to do one thing, and then once they get your money, there's excuses. But none of these excuses, none of these possible uh, issues were a thing before they got your money. Now they got your money and something is, uh, um, something is an issue. If somebody has uh, an attack against a righteous man, but they can praise uh, cult leaders and unjust leaders, people that have participated in murders in order to stay in power. Yes, they accumulated, they accumulated a lot of wealth. They accumulated a lot of wealth. He said Yahweh Ben Yahweh accumulated um, up close to a billion dollars in assets. But where did all that money come from? How many people were slaughtered because of that? There's a story on the FBI files episode in which there's a, a man, they, they, the Yahweh Ben Yahweh, they call, they call his followers the Yahwehs. They wanted to get these people out of this apartment building. They had bought an apartment building and they wanted them to move these people that were in there to move. Well, you know, you have to go through a process in order to evict people because they don't have anywhere to go. The Yahwehs under the orders of Yahweh Ben Yahweh went to these people's places and forcibly kicked a lot of them out on the streets. And there's a brother that they were interviewing. He's holding his baby in his hands as they're interviewing him. And he says, I don't care what they say. Unless they come with the sheriff, I ain't going. The next day or that night, that brother was killed by Yahweh Ben Yahweh's followers. And they knew he had a family. They knew that that brother didn't have anywhere to go and was just trying to hold down his fort. Yet, they killed him over a cult leader. And we know about the Hanafi murders that took place uh, in the name of Elijah Muhammad and also there's a, a tons of stories out there about brother polite, but we know that when brother polite had that rape case going on, and I believe it's still going on. I believe he's out on bail, but Tariq Nashi has not said a single word about that rape case. Had that been somebody white um, or somebody, not even somebody white, had it been somebody black that he wasn't caught connected to, he definitely would have had something to say about it. So brothers and sisters, I thank you so much for listening. Like I said, once again, follow me uh, on Instagram at the bar Kokba. Um, that's again, the at sign T H E B A R K C O H B A. Always. I thank you for listening, brothers and sisters, peace and love until the next, until the next episode of the gospel of Malcolm X podcast.
Where will hip hop be 30 years from now? I guess I should keep studying my peers for now. Should I make a dance and snap thumbs? Fast hi hats, 808 back drums. Are we selling our souls for 32 pieces of gold? If it's lacking the soul, how can it remain whole? We make music for a stripper pose, but no music to think. That's that short-term money that we put in the bank. But the drama's going backwards. I see devolution instead of evolution. This is soul prostitution. The children are fumbling. Even got the elders encouraging, mumbling. Watching them stumbling. Day after day is so humbling. Meanwhile, our stock has been plummeting. And they telling me I need to sound like these other niggas. Grown-ass men trying to sound like the younger niggas used to have balance. Back in the days, we had talent. Trying to be original was the challenge. Now all these niggas sound the same. And all the beats pound the same. Same cadence, same drums, all that shit sounded lame. 20 niggas trying to sound like Future. And I love rocking Future, but that style's for Future. Think you niggas need a different producer. Hope that bullshit crash your computer. Ain't nothing cool about being a loser.